raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Welcome to Mompreneurs, where we celebrate and learn from fabulous black women who are out here killing it as moms in chief, running both their households and their businesses. I'm your host, Nancy Red, and I come from a lovely lineage of black mompreneurs in Southern Virginia. I'm thrilled to present this intimate interview series that highlights inspiring and educational stories about how women are creating incredible opportunities and building generational wealth for their families. But money isn't all this series is about. Balancing motherhood, mental health, and happiness is really important too. From book empires to bonnet-wearing dolls to building franchises, these powerhouses are redefining what it means to be a working mama while inspiring a new generation of mothers to do it for themselves. Mompreneur Chantel Powell smells like success, literally. When life handed her a skin condition and her six-year-old had very stinky pits, Chantel took it as a sign to mom up and start her own business making chemical-free and kid-friendly deodorants. The CEO of Play Pits joins me now. I'm so excited to talk to you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my goodness. I, with you in particular, I want to start from the beginning because we often talk about how motherhood can delay but not deny us our journeys. And you, before mom, had just graduated from Clark Atlanta. Yeah. Your degree is in fashion merchandising. Yeah, fashion merchandising major. You and your now husband, Keon, were living your best life. You'd been dating a few years. Yep. And you landed your dream job. Yeah, yeah. I landed my dream job um, being a junior. And little did I know it was my dream job. I originally went to Clark as a fashion merchandising major wanting to dress mannequins at retail stores. Um, as a little girl, I would go to Hex and me and my mom and grandma would stay there for hours and I would be so fascinated with the mannequins. And so that began my love and fashion. And so I thought I was going to go to school for merchandising. My professor connected me with the supervisor over at Tyler Perry Studios in the costume department. And she was like, hey, they have an internship. Um, are you interested? And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I fell in love with production. I fell in love with telling the story through clothing, watching words come to life on camera was just something that I enjoyed. And so that was, that's how I, you know, entered the workforce. You entered the workforce with a bang. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. This is incredible. <laughs> you're working for Tyler Perry. You're a wardrobe spouse. You're, you're shopping for a living, right? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can't beat it. You're having fun. Then one day you pregnant. This was not planned. Totally not planned. <laughs> it was one of those things where you have a plan for your life and then God says, okay, girl, well, I have something else. And so, you know, it was something that I, as a, as a young mom, as any young mom, was very like, what am I about to do? My life, I worked so many years from being a junior up until this year that I was pregnant, which was a four-year span, 
working really hard to get to this position being a costume shopper. And so previously I started out as an intern, then a PA. So you put in all this work and then you finally get your shot to shine. Um, and you know, something changes that. So I worked until I was seven months pregnant and then I relocated back home to Maryland. Because you and Keon weren't alone just this relationship. Yeah. You were in Atlanta living your best work life. Yep. He was in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Yeah. Being having the J O B. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and something had to give. Yeah. You something. had to you you had you had to make a sacrifice. Well, yeah. And it was one of those things that I was optimistic of the idea of like, okay, maybe I could figure something out in Maryland. Maybe I can, you know, find a job in production and it just didn't happen. So I actually started a um a wardrobe styling company and I would organize people closets, figure out what the holes were, go shopping for them, style them for different events. And looking back, I was like, I knew that was just a temporary thing um, because the market at home, it just didn't, you know, it just didn't work for that styling business because people didn't see the value. Um, and so I was like, okay. And so I did that for a little while and then Cam came home and changed my life. And that's what's so interesting. The child for whom you had to postpone your career, your dream job, you know, in Atlanta. And also you loved Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, I loved Atlanta. Atlanta is my, you know, I consider Atlanta the place I grew up. Washington, D.C., the Maryland area, that's my home because that's where I was birthed. And, you know, it's in the DNA and who I am. But I grew up in Atlanta. Like, I learned how to, you know, do simple things like buy toilet paper on my own in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? So you it's just... You cannot beat Atlanta. So I can imagine yeah. leaving not only your job, but your home yeah. was just, just, it was a shock. Because this isn't how you saw your life playing out. No, no. I was supposed to, you know, do what I was doing. Like, and I loved what I did. I worked long hours and... I was in a place where I loved the people I worked with and, you know, it was fun. Like I was getting paid to literally have fun and live my best life on set. Like I was fine. Um, so yeah, it, it was a, it was definitely a blow. And then we always joke about how motherhood is rough, right? Because yeah. you have your first kid, Cameron, and Cameron who brings you back to Upper Marble to be with your wonderful husband. Yeah. Now husband. Yeah, now husband. Yep. <laughs> so that's a blessing in itself because um, who knows how long distance relationships go yeah. uh, if you didn't have this bond yeah. to keep you together. And then you have another child and motherhood gets rough, but in a very different way. Your skin, your skin starts messing up because people so don't tell you that pregnancy and motherhood can mess you up. Yeah, yeah, it can. And so it actually started with Cameron and my skin started to act up. But it was, it was mild, but then I would have the outbreaks where my whole body would break out with eczema. Um, and so then with Caden, yeah, it got worse. And so doctors were giving me topicals and steroids and it just wasn't working. And so I learned that I couldn't put anything on my kids that I couldn't touch. And so that made things very limited because I'm allergic to a preservative that's in almost everything. Hair products, it's in, um, you know, shampoos, it's in lotions, like it's in everything. And so it was one of those things that I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to just make my stuff. So like I was started making oils and shea butters to moisturize cause I don't like ashy kids, right? And so <laughs> I was the mom that was like <laughs> grabbing olive oil, avocado oil, mixing it up, you know? And so then when Cam came home smelling like a man, I remembered that my grandmother used to go in her refrigerator because I believe every black mama got some 
baking soda in her refrigerator. Of and she would... If not one, like five. Yeah. The freezer <laughs> and the refrigerator, right? <laughs> and so she would pat baking soda under my arms before I would go play. So I was like, okay, I know I could do that. Like, I knew baking soda was something. Um, but... Originally, I not only did I know that I didn't want to put a chemical on Cameron, I also didn't want to introduce him to something that he did not necessarily need. Kids, they don't need harsh, you know, products. Their their skin is gentle, it's so soft, it's so delicate. They don't need harsh products. Oh, one of the things that we don't realize until we become mothers is a bunch of surprises and learning curves is that kids can be funky. Yeah. Just so gross. <laughs> They're so gross and they don't, you know, they don't clean properly. Like, <laughs> but when they six, you want them to be independent. And so you notice all these little things and it's like, oh, well, I, because I didn't clean, I guess as hard as I would. He like, yeah, that baby was smelling horrible. And it wasn't even because he was dirty. It was just because he was playing football and he was playing basketball. It was a hot summer day in July. And so he was active and yeah, horrible. So you started looking for solutions. And it's interesting because the aspect of motherhood that was very annoying, your beautiful skin being messed up and having to lean into natural knowledge. Because, you know, our day, you just, you used what your grandma used, yep. like you said. And your yep. grandma used baking soda. Yeah. But, you know, and uh, there are all kinds of things that we just used with lots of different things that weren't necessarily effective, but it's just what you used. But you'd been down a different path for yourself and now for your child. Yeah, you know, and, and when you really think about it, that's what everyone does. Like you, you gravitate towards those items that you were brought up on. And so what your parents wore, what your, you know, the cologne your dad wore, the, the, the deodorant your grandmother wore. And so it was something that I knew more knowledge than the average person. And so that's why I took the extra step to be like, okay, I gotta go the natural route because also when you use antiperspirants on kids too soon, you'll almost like uh, stimulate their bodies to have an odor. And, I, and I've experienced that with kids as well. Like they just had a mild odor and parents have put antiperspirants on them and now they smell like 10 times worse. And so I didn't want that to happen to Cam. And I basically got in the kitchen, whipped up a baking soda, cornstarch, um, a coconut oil, and I mixed it up together like a paste. And this paste was like the foundation. But then I knew that I needed to scent it in a way that I could convince him, like, you could smell this good all day, you know? And so that's basically how Sunshine was born. I scented it with an orange essential oil and... Yeah, that, and sunshine that's the start is of it. the first of your multiple lines yes. of clay pits deodorant. Yes, so sunshine now has peppermint and um, orange essential oils. And you're you're not in a when you say you, I was just in my kitchen. You're not talking about a professional kitchen. You're not talking about no. you're talking about literally your upper Marlboro about kitchen, my home kitchen, the <laughs> kitchen that you know made breakfast and holiday meals and family gather like that kitchen. I I literally whipped this up. And when you're home. doing this, you're not thinking about this as a, like a multi-million dollar business that's no. becoming now. You were just doing this for your son. I literally, yeah, it was just for Cameron. It was to the point when when Cameron came home, so I introduced this product to him, had that conversation. I listen, baby, now you're going to have to wear a little more, you know, product. You know you got to moisturize your body. You know you have to brush your teeth. But on top of that, you have to put on your deodorant. So it started the routine of, okay, brush your teeth, wash your face, put on deodorant, moisturize your body. You know, that was the thing. And um, 
he was like, okay. He put it on. He was like, mm, mommy, this smell good. And I was like, cool. He wore it. He had another long day, ba basketball, summer camp, football practice. And he came home and I was like, so how was it? And he was like, I still smell good. And I was like, you do. And I, you know, he then like was so excited. He was like, so listen, mommy, like clapping the hands and everything, little hustle man. And he was like, I told all the kids at camp about your deodorant. Can you make it for them? And I was like, no. <laughs> like, what? They already not. lining up orders. Yeah, I'm like, mm-mm, I'm not making this for the other kids. And so he kind of, you know, paused and looked down and he was like, but mommy, you can make it for everyone. And it was that moment that it was like, it was literally like a light bulb. Like it was the aha moment, you know? And so it was like, click, Cameron, there are other parents that have the same problem I just had. There are other kids who deserve to be able to play unapologetically, not have any self-consciousness about how they smell when they're with their peers. Kids deserve to be confident. And parents deserve to be, you know, have that security of knowing that my kid is not going to be the smelly kid in class or the smelly kid at that birthday party. And so that is, you know, what created Play Pits. But you still were working a regular job at this point. Yeah. You, you were an executive assistant at BET, right? Yep. At this time, I was an executive assistant at BET. Um, BET, uh, with the acquisition from BET going to Viacom, um, they had sold the DC office. And so I worked out of that DC office. And it was either moved to New York or be laid off. And so I was like, I'm not moving to New York. <laughs> I already didn't want to be in Maryland. I'm not moving to New York. I want to go to Atlanta. And so I, yeah, said no to that. And um, so, but but I was working from home for a whole year. So while Play Pits was starting, I was still commuting from now New York to Maryland every once in a while on an Amtrak to, you know, take meetings and do stuff like that. But the majority of my time was at home. And then you kind of got a blessing in that you got laid off. Yeah. Because yeah. if you hadn't been laid off, do you think that you would have had the time or the gumption to go hard with play pits? Yeah, I would have. I would because I was doing it while I was still I was still building play pits while I had this job. So I've yeah, I learned how to multitask. But when you got laid off, you and your husband had a conversation because because usually you get laid off, you're looking for another job. Because the thing is, we often say when, you're, when you've got your business, you don't want to quit your day job, right? Yeah. <laughs> but when your day job yeah. quits you, do you look for another one? I did. And that's when I went back to Atlanta to work on a show that me and my best friend, it was like the dream opportunity. She was the costume designer and I was the assistant costume designer. Um, it was the own show called Ambitions featuring Robin Givens. Uh, and it was like a dream opportunity. So then when that happened, when I got laid off at BET, I took, I ran back to what I loved and that was Atlanta and working in production, um, all while still building play pits. So on the weekends, I would fly back home to Maryland um, and help with packing orders or doing pop-ups or making product and doing those type things during the weekends. And then the weekday, I would be back to be on set by Monday. 
And the weekends I would be in Atlanta, I was working out of a library uh, and would literally answer customer service emails and do all those like side hustle things because I did, I worked long hours, 14 hour days. So, and you, you were know, without your babies, without my kids and like head down working on two things. Um, and so that was, that was a challenge. And so after that challenge was when I was like, okay. If we going to do this, because I saw the potential. Playfist at this point had already hit five-figure months. And, you know, we were really at the point where it was like, okay, if I gave 100% to this, like, we could really, you know, build something. And so that's when I talked to Mr. Powell and was like, listen, give me one year. Let me give it all that I have. And, um, and he was like, all right. And so then now we're where we are today. Mr. Powell is your husband, <laughs> yes. just for people yes, who yes. are Mr. Powell not, are not up on this. <laughs> and step one, kudos to hubby for a variety of reasons. When we, when we have these conversations, your support system is key. Yeah. So many of us don't have the support we need to be the entrepreneurs and the business people we can be, whether that's financial support, emotional support. And in this case, your husband was like, you know what? I believe in you. Not only... I'm going to, you know, let you roll with this business and help you with this. But, you know, you go pursue your dream in Atlanta. You go, I will handle the kids during this week. As someone, my husband's like this. And yeah. so it's the only reason I can do all this stuff. Yeah. Talk about the freedom it feels to be able to be a woman who is a mother, but also who who's, who's when I say the, tr the quintessential apron strings that a mm -hmm. lot of our previous generations yeah. were were stuck by, you're stuck to kitchen to the house yeah. what does it feel like to be able to have the freedom to not feel terrible while you are working it for your family in Atlanta yeah and they're in a marble and you see them on the weekend it feels it's one of those things that I'm so grateful for I know has been the key to why I'm here you know that his ability to support me and to um hold so much down in the midst of me, you know, being here with you today and talking and having meetings and doing all the things that I juggle. Like he holds the home down and I'm super grateful for that. And so not only that, but like that, because a lot of women, they think you have to choose between a happy home life and being a successful person. But if you have a support system and somebody who believes in your dream, like just as much as you do, they going to ride for you and kind of like be your ride or die and be like, okay, well, I'm going to hold it down here, but I'm going to do this, this, and this for you too. So I'm super, um, I'm honored to call him my husband. Yeah. Now, has Keon been able to quit his job yet? No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I might look. Don't put me under pressure. I have a no, no, no. Because the year. Brown, yeah. Tabitha the Brown has set the bar for us. I know. Okay, I literally gave up everything for motherhood, but then motherhood has now changed generations of our family, and so it has it has gotten my father excited about entrepreneurship. It has gotten my parents and my family, you know, older than me, really believing what so many has seen possible for them, but we've never seen it. And so, you know, for our family, it has been one of those things that I'm super like grateful to see this business go from so, so much further than just a business. It's now like a belief symbol within my family and generations to come. 
to the point where your generations of family members who will have a business and have the knowledge mm. of how to have a business, it's priceless. Yeah. It's, 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 it's changing wealth gaps. Yep. And you're seeing it in your children and how they're looking at their prospects and their futures differently. Yeah, yeah. And and for me, I'm someone who shares information. And so there dare not be anybody in my family connected to me to want to start something and have questions and I not make myself available because that's why I'm going through all that I'm going through. That's why, you know, I'm making these mistakes and I'm I'm learning and I'm sacrificing my time with my family so I could learn the things that generations and generations and other families have learned but now it's my turn and you know I take that with true honor and so I'm so grateful to see how this for my family has meant so much. And that's why I really wanted to do this show because I have been given so much. I've been helped so much with all of the hustles that I do. Yeah. And so much of it is privilege and so much of it is luck and so much of it is who you marry in order. Yeah. And so much of it is who your mama is. And a key thing that what you just said, which is super important too, is so much of it is also about who you are and what you're striving to be. You're not just holding on to mm. this. Even your company is only four years old and you're already doing so well. And we're going to get more into the <laughs> nitty gritty of the company a little bit. But when it comes to you, what's great, what you said is I help others. And a, a very big theme of the women who sit in these chairs is that this is what motherhood's about. We yeah. don't hoard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we share. I mean, I am so happy that I have so many mentees and so many people who I don't even really know who, yeah. because of the information I've given them, they're doing much better than I am, and which the, is the goal. And the thing is, it's platforms like this that was able to help me get to where I'm at, right? Um, while, no, I didn't have the family, the member to call and say, how do you do this? It was platforms like this that educated people, had people that were CEOs and founders you know, speaking from their experience that gave me that that gumption and that knowledge and the resource to move forward. And so that's why I do like to share my story because I know how I know I know what it is to hear somebody tell their story and see yourself. And so I'm super grateful now to be on the other side of that because it was so many podcasts that I've, you know, I have so many mentors in my head that I've never met. And so now for me to be able to tell my story to inspire is is a true, um, you know, I feel like that's when the assignment over my life is being called. Like, that's what I'm doing. We always think, oh, goodness, like, well, of course they could do it because they didn't have little kids. Or of course they could do it because they didn't grow up like I grew up. And that's what's so great is being able to do something like this where we, we're, we're all relatable. Yeah, I feel like being a, and I don't mean no harm, but... When you are a mom and you're building and scaling a business, I'm sure it's so much different than someone who has no kids scaling and growing a business because now your time can go 100% into your business because you don't have to you know, make dinner. You don't have to go to that baseball game. So you're not dividing your attention. Being a mompreneur requires you to be able to departmentalize, be able to focus on one area, be able to prioritize. It's the, oh my God, I feel like that's what I spend the majority of my energy trying to figure out. Like, how am I going to conquer the day being a successful business owner, friend, mother, wife, uh, team mom. I mean, I'm I'm now in like 
a team mom, like 15 different teams. And, you know, in the beginning, I, I couldn't necessarily be that available. But now I'm trying to do things because I do have somewhat of a structure with under me that I can say, okay, I'm going to step away and I'm going to go have lunch with my son today. I'm grateful that I could do those things now. But, you know, being up once again, being a mompreneur, you have to figure out, are you going to sign up to be the best mom of the year this year? Or are you going to work to grow your business so next year you can have that freedom? And so that's the the daily struggle that you make in making a decision on who you got to be today. It's so hard. Like my daughter is an actress and she has a big media training that's going up for next week. And I had to make the decision. Am I going to be there for the media training or am I going to host the show I sold? Like, (laughs) I mean, who has those type of life altering decisions every day? Moms and dads. I know. But the fun thing is, is, is all of the decisions come out to, would you agree to the life what it's meant to be? And in many ways, has play pits and its success enabled you your husband you've not been able to retire your husband yet but you have been able to move back from upper marlboro to atlanta yeah i think um i think play pits has given me the availability once again i worked in production where my my days were 14 hours right and so that nine to five life that wasn't even a schedule (laughs) i could take advantage of you know and so what play pits has done it has created um, an environment for me to still be available when needed, like absolutely needed, but then also growing to a point where, yeah, I can free up everyone and we can enjoy moments together with, you know, us growing this business together. Like we went to New York to interview with Gail King and we took a day trip with the kids and like my youngest had never been in New York. So moments like that, like to be able to make those memories and create those moments, I mean, has been priceless. Well, and my mom always says stuff like, I mean, I would pay for these opportunities yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah. getting paid for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm so, I'm so grateful that we have been able to go on this ride together because, you know, I walk in Target and get excited and so do they. You know? came up with the idea year, five years ago. Yeah. Um, first couple of years, you're seeing success. When, yeah. when would you say that you realized that this, like, how far into it did you realize that Play Pits was not just a local thing that's going to be at a farmer's market, but a um, national or maybe even international movement? I would say 2019. And that was how many years into this? Two years into it? So I launched March 2018. March 2018. And I would say 2019 was when I was like, oh, if I put some fire to this, it can keep growing and keep, you know, um, becoming something more. And I, and honestly, I mean, it wasn't until that moment that it was like, okay, now dream bigger. Because at first it was like, okay, we gonna do this. I know I could do it better than what everybody else is currently doing. And I know I can make it look different and I know I can make it pop. But, you know, I kind of was like figuring it out in the beginning. And it wasn't until 2019 I was like, oh. What happened in 2019? Because it was, I mean, the feedback, the the customer reviews, the people reaching out and saying how amazing this product was and, and the fact that we weren't no longer, our my first month order of orders, March 2018, I received 26 orders. And so when I started receiving like 500 orders in a month and 
a thousand orders in a month. You know, it was like, oh, okay. And I wasn't, I wasn't even giving it my all because I was still working. And so, yeah, that was like 2019. I was like, all right. Where well, were these people finding you? How did they find social you? Social media. Social so. media. I'm, I, I didn't have any money for ads or, you know, paid media or anything. So I had to tell my story as a growing brand on social media, but really just kind of show people the product and the process because I love learning. I'm someone who loves to watch something and take something away. So I would post these videos of me making a product and you seeing what that process looked like. I would post us at pop-ups and talking to customers. And so that's really where people were seeing us. And that's where they were referring their friends and they were meeting us at these events and going on playpits.com and ordering this product and loving it. So that was when I was like, okay. And um, what I love about your product is that a big thing that we have as moms is we uh, you know, we tend to do a lot of free work or we tend to undervalue yeah. the work we do yeah. as as who we are. Yeah. But when you have a price point that is fair, people pay it. Like I, I love the fact that Play Pits is at retail for $12, right? Yeah. It's it well, we have our adult line that's eleven ninety-nine, and then we have our kids line that's uh $10.99. So it's our pricing is different across different platforms, but right now it's eleven ninety nine and twelve ninety nine. But see, that's scary when yeah. you think about it because the average deodorant is like what three, four, five dollars. Yeah. So you're you're double the price, but you know your worth, and obviously the market knows its worth too. And you know what else? I mean, the ingredients are so expensive, you know, and people don't think about that. Like the products that are you're buying for five dollars. It costs them pennies to make. Something like Play Pits is it's expensive to make. And so I couldn't sell a product and not make anything off of it if I want the brand to grow and be but able see, to. see, fear frequently makes people lower the price. You know, like, was yeah. there a moment where you were just like, ooh. Yeah. I mean, we this was something in the early days. Pricing was such a thing because Play Pits is at a premium price. And it was one of those things that, like, will people pay this price? And I was somebody that was like, yes, they're going to they're gonna pay this price because I know it's good quality. I know what I'm putting in there is not trash. And so let's, <laughs> let's just see. And the people were buying it. And then I also realized everybody is not your customer yet, right? In the beginning, you might could not have been a Play Pits customer. But now that you see people talking about it and you see that if you buy this product for $11 right now, it's going to last you two months or three months versus that one that one product lasting you one month and it's $5, $15. I and mean, also you're not funky. Right. And you don't smell. And you feel good. And you're not putting chemicals on you. You're going to be like, okay, let's give it a try. And then you're going to fall in love. And so that's what the Play Pits customer did. And so I'm, you know, so grateful that that I did believe in this product to be able to price it where it's at. And so it, but that pricing has always been something that, you know, I understood that it was a premium price, but I also know that the product is a premium product. And you're a premium person. You worth it. <laughs> I'm worth it. <laughs> no, but yeah. Uh, but I, I think this is very important when we talk about this because of the journey to getting your worth and yeah. standing by that is very important for mompreneurs yeah. uh, because sometimes the desperation and the desire just to have a business yeah. can you you don't do these numbers right and it's and then it's not helping your family in the way that it can. Well, you know when I learned that having that styling business, 
That style and business I the had. The business that you started when you sadly moved to Upper Marlboro. When I moved to Upper Marlboro, and I was like, yeah, I got to be creative. What I'm going to do? Okay, I'm going to go dress people. But people didn't want to pay the price that I was used to being paid. And so I lowered my price, right? I was like, okay, well, let me make it comfortable for them. But then I would be out all day and only make $150 and be like, this don't make sense. I missed a game. I didn't did this. I didn't like... And I got to go do a fitting and the flat rate was 100, you know, and this could take three days for 150. Like, no, I wasn't. I learned that then. But what's so funny, I tell this story every once in a while that like the in that full life of that business, I make more in play pits in a week than I ever did styling people. And so, but that wasn't my money generating business. That was the business that kind of taught me a little bit of things, you know, that, that taught me some of the foundation work and gave me that, that spirit of knowing that I could be an entrepreneur. But, you know, when it came to marketing and all that, I learned all that with that business, but, you know, it wasn't my money generator. It was, so you have different process, different moments in your life that is for different things. And you'll learn along the way that like, okay, this was for this. And so everything has taught me what I needed to know so I could be who I am for Play Pits. I love that. <laughs> and I think it's very important that you're going to have some failures. How could you know that it wasn't worth $150. It's just like, you know, you just learn. You, yeah. then you know you can sniff not worth it. Yeah. You know, when these companies come to you and want to partner with your brand because of what happened to you with your wardrobe styling business mm -hmm. where you were making panties below minimum wage and when you really factored in all the hours that went into yeah. it, uh, now you know you can suss out a deal. So that's why I am sure when Target came knocking, your business <laughs> is only three years old, you we're like, oh my goodness, this is great. How did this happen? How did you go from your kitchen in 2018 to Target in 2022? So, well, Target eventually came to us. How did they, how does that happen? Because people say, they came to me. Did they slide into your deal? No, Target slided into our contact S form. And I thought it, originally my assistant thought it was spam. <laughs> and so when she told me what it was, I was like, Wait, what? But it started, my, my love for Target in, in knowing, well, I've always loved Target because everybody loved Target, right? But my, my obsession with Play Pits being in Target started in 2019, really. And it was one of those things that if this is going to be something, like it has to be where I know my customer is and that's Target. And I knew that and I was looking, I was talking to local businesses and local retailers and I knew that that wasn't that that was a good start but that wasn't as big as play pits could go and so i put target on like a vision board and was like okay play pits is going to be in target that's where the cool moms at that's where all the cool kids go um and then i went to an essence holiday market that was actually here in atlanta and target was a sponsor and they had people from their supply diversity team walking around talking to vendors. And so that's how I basically was able to make connections with Target. But even then, they invited us to an event in Minneapolis, and it was amazing, but I didn't get to meet the buyer. I was there, took the product, gave out samples, didn't meet the buyer. Fast forward to a year later. So this is 2021, April. I get a random email in my inbox to say, we're interested in talking to somebody about your product. And so that's that's how Play Pits got in Target. <laughs> 
And and you talk about, you know, people think automatically this big store comes to you and you're so excited. It, I was scared. I was excited because that was what I wanted. And in 2020, I believe you had sold about 12,000 um, 12, uh, deodorants, right? Like that's I've read somewhere yeah. that you had like about 12,000 in 2020. 12, yeah. This is before Target. This is only a couple years into your business. What's that number now? How many? How many deodorants? How many stinky kids have you saved? Oh Lord, I don't even know. A lot of units. I would say that every we're doing over ten thousand units. Oh, like a month. That's insane. Yeah. So in two years, you went from twelve thousand total to one hundred twenty thousand a year. Say it again. Like one hundred twenty thousand units Which, a year. Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing ten. <laughs> you it out, look, 10 this. times 12 <laughs> yeah we we selling we selling a lot of deodorant we selling a lot of a lot of units oh my sure. goodness and when you're at a certain point your your suppliers are different your team looks different but then when you scale and you go to like you go e-commerce so shopify amazon e-commerce world but then you go retail world it's a total different experience. And so when you're looking at suppliers for your ingredients, you now can have different conversations because you're buying at a higher amount. And because you're buying at a higher amount, you need that price to drive down because now you take it more of your cash flow up front, right? So you want to figure out new suppliers. So we had to do all of those things in order to position us to be, you know, able to do business and make sense with Target because we are still a bootstrap business. We So, you know, you have to like now you got to figure it out a different way. And so that has been the total, like nothing about this process has been um, something that has been handed to us. We've literally felt, figured this whole thing out. I'm, I'm, I'm learning so much. I'm yeah, fascinated yeah. because, you know, you are a, an unusual business because yeah. you started in the kitchen, you're doing the e-commerce and then very quickly you had to pivot to be able to do both, which I do now realize in yeah. talking to you, that's two whole separate two entities different worlds. and they need to kind of smell the same. Like, you, and then <laughs> you have to put something in place that can ship to Target because Play Pits HQ doesn't ship to Target. You have a whole system called EDI. It's so much that that's required to be a consumable, like play pits, to go into Target because it's like so many moving pieces. So like you need a supply chain team. So that's something that we have. And I, you know, I kind of had a rough idea of supply chain. I get on these calls and I get so excited to see these reports because it's like, oh, this is cool. Like this is real supply chain now. Whereas when it was e-commerce, Shopify and Amazon, I mean, I didn't necessarily need all of that in place, but now like I absolutely need so much in place to be able to do business at this scale. It's a blessing. It's a, it's, it's so, I'm, I literally, I'm so grateful that I'm able to absorb so much information. And now I almost have a new interest in so much. Like when I meet people, I now want to know what they do and how they do it. I'm, my mind is always learning now because I'm in this learning season that's like a sponge. What is your advice? Well, well first and foremost, would you suggest to another mom who wants to start a business, would you suggest a product-based business like yours? Oh, I would suggest whatever their solution is to whatever problem is like driving them crazy, whether it's a service, whether it's a product, um, do it. Like, 
don't don't let anything stop you. If if I would have let the nose and the doubt, the self doubt and the the lack of knowledge and the um, lack of resources stop me, I would I would have never been able to see what this other side of life could be when you live in you know your heart's dreams and you you dreaming new dreams every day. So like yeah, don't let I have no advice to stop anybody, but go for it. Just move forward. Stop self-doubting. Stop 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 self-sabotaging. Um stop self uh pitying and just go for it. Because if you go for it every day on the bad days, the good days, you'll get somewhere. And that's my like, yeah, that's my little advice for that. I love it. <laughs> Self-pity is the pits. Yeah. <laughs> the armpits. <laughs> You have so much fun with all your little puns. It's wonderful. Like I them. love it. As someone who loves demystifying the body and being comfortable with all of this, it just makes me so happy that you're in the deodorant business. Was there ever a moment where you were just like, oh my gosh, I'm talking about underarms. So yeah, that was the whole beginning. Like people used to play us. Like we would go, <laughs> listen, we would go to these pop-ups and be talking to people like, hey, how you doing? Let me introduce you to play pits. But I would give them the whole spill, be smiling. The kids would be there. Pippi's like, uh-uh, I wear Dove. I wear Secret. Uh-uh, that don't work. Naturally. I used to get it all to the point where it would be so many days we left events because play pits is such a low price point. If I rent a table for $100... How many deodorants I got to sell? Yeah, so at least ten, right? Yeah. Nine to ten. And we but would say low make, price point, not in terms of deodorants, but in terms of products at these yes, shows. Yes, yeah, and, that's and, that's and the difference. To you know, I'm not selling fifty dollars sweatshirts and hundred dollar pants or forty dollar earrings, right? I'm selling a, a ten, eleven dollar product. You're not selling something that people are used to getting, like the shea butter. As <laughs> <what> I mean, <laughs> right? And so then. Also, I'm not selling something that everybody's attracted to, right? Like the shea butter. Yeah, people know about... <laughs> I've, I've never understood, though, at these events, there's always like eight different shea butter. And I don't know how somehow I walk away with two or three. I don't know. It's because like a Because shea me. butter is a black woman's, you know, that's our garb, okay? We got to moisturize our body with these amazing smelling shea butter. <laughs> so, so people but, are not thinking about Yeah. So, so here it is. I have this natural, natural deodorant that people like, girl, that don't work. And then... I'm talking about for your kids, and they like, uh-uh, I'm giving John John right guard, or, you know, like. He already wearing it. the axe. Yeah, he's wearing <laughs> it. And so it's like, all right, well, hey, guys, we sold six deodorants today, you know, and we were out there for five hours, eight hours. And so it was very, like, people were not interested. And that was one of the other things that when I realized we were breaking brand loyalty, with grown people and we were allowing that we were giving them a product that they were not disappointed in i was like oh yeah let's do this because when when black women got behind play pits and really like was like okay let me see what this what this black mother's talking about let me see what this product is i'm a tribe product and I'm going to try it for my kid, but oh my God, I love it. And I'm going to tell all my friends about it. And I'm going to make sure that anybody that knows me knows I wear play pits. That's what the Under Army is. I don't, 
even call my customers customers. I call them the Under Army because they are a force to be reckoned with. Like, there's no conversation about natural deodorant happening in in social media, and play pits ain't in the mix because the Under Army, like, uh uh-uh, uh, sis, try some play pits. Uh uh-uh, uh, you need to get your son some play pits. Like, the Under Army goes hard. They don't play about their play pits, and I'm so grateful. But that took a lot of work to convince people and nothing but having an amazing product created that ability to swap that brand loyalty. People were not checking for play pits at first. No, I would But never. you didn't give up. They did, I did, I did and, not and give up. And it's good your kids saw the failure. It's oh, yeah. good that they stood there. My teenage daughter, she's 18, she's in college. She told me when Play Fist first started, she was like, oh, ain't nobody going to buy this deodorant. She literally told me that, but it was like year. It was We was like two, three years in, but she was like, I ain't going to lie. I ain't think nobody was going to buy this product. And now, you know, so for her to be able to see, and, it, and, and I don't even take it as a shot of you didn't believe in my vision, but you sometimes going to have people with you that's not going to see the vision that you need to move forward with. And you can't worry about that. You have to focus on whatever that vision is you see and make sure that like, all right, keep rocking with me. Keep walking with me. You gonna come to this pop up though. You about to sell this deodorant, little girl. You better ring these people up. And that's what I did. And now she sees it. She going. It's a Target right down the street from her school. She can go in and buy play pits. That product that I made in the kitchen. So you know, it's yeah. You can't. You can't. You cannot stop yourself. You gotta keep moving forward. What an amazing, amazing <laughs> journey for you as a businesswoman, as a mother, for your kids. For your whole family. Yeah. And we're so grateful that you shared it with us. Thank you. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. This was fun. Thanks for having me. Because people get to see people that they relate to. Your story is so relatable. <laughs> These surprise pregnancies will mess you up. <laughs> hey, you. Hey, you like, what the, how did this, how did this happen? <laughs> you know how it happened. <laughs> how did this happen? But no, you know, it's motherhood was one of those things that, I was terrified of and looking back, it's always the things that you're most afraid of that you look back and be like, I'm so happy I went down this journey. And so, you know, I'm so grateful for my kids and I'm so grateful for the family life that I have. It makes life so much richer. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.